Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, so welcome to the call, this free training call entitled Spiritual Dog Training. I'm your host. For today, Lori Spagna, this is going to cover all the stuff you did not learn in dog training school. You won't hear from Cesar Milan or Victoria Stilwell, and everything your animal communicator classes couldn't teach you, plus, even more important, everything the dogs, indeed all the animals, want us to learn from them. So this is going to be all about the Spiritual Dog Training Master's Program. It's a spiritual, holistic approach to dog training and behavior modification animal healing, animal communication, and understanding our own behaviors through the lessons of our animals. So that's what we're going to be covering today. And once again, my name is Lori Spagna. My business is called Ethel's God, which spells dog's life backwards. That name was definitely divinely given to me <laughs> quite a few years ago uh, when I started to realize that dogs were actually just mirroring back Everything they're humans were displaying in the human reality, in the human world. And so that's when I named my business Ethel's God. And uh, that's also because I happen to believe there is a God in every dog's life. My websites are ethelsgod.com. That's E-F-I-L-S-G-O-D.com. And, of course, lorispagna.com. That's L-O-R-I-S-P as in Peter, A-G-N as in Nancy, A, lorispagna.com. And then, of course, there's ethelsgodspirit.com and ethelsgoddogtraining.com. That's where it all began. Now, let's set everybody else up for success or everybody up for success on this call uh, while we're together so you guys can know what to expect during the time we'll spend together and so that everybody can sort of go, you know, know what the flow of the call will be. All right, first let me say this. I assume that if you're here listening in today, You've come here to broaden your horizons and expand your awareness, not only for yourself, but also for your animal companions and potentially, most likely, for your clients and for their animals, the animals that you work with and serve. So please, set your intention now to receive whatever it is you came here to receive that's for your highest and greatest good. And whatever you can receive out of this that's for your best and for the best of all the animals and humans you work with and live with and love, Get, that you'll get that and receive that during this call and have an open mind. Now, for some of the people on this call, we have a lot of experts here. I mean, I totally respect and honor that there are professional dog trainers on this call, professional behaviorists, professional behavioral experts and behavioral specialists. There are vets on this call. There are groomers on this call. There are pet sitters. There are animal communicators. You guys are experts. I am not expecting to contradict anything that you already know. I'm simply here to add more enlightenment or more assistance to what you're already uh, an expert in. So um, definitely I just want to set that up, that I honor your expertise. And if you're just not necessarily working as a professional but you're a guardian of a parent, 
who simply wants to enhance your ability to work with your animal companions, you know, in a more um, in a more uh, partnership-oriented uh, relationship, then you're in the right place as well. And please, you know, set your intention as well that you'll receive the best that you're meant to receive. Okay, but so here's what the flow is going to be. Uh, with that said, I'm going to take about seven to ten minutes and tell you about my background because there are a lot of people on this call who have never necessarily worked with me or have never been in any of my classes or aren't even necessarily on my newsletter list and don't necessarily know who I am and what I teach. So I'll take about seven to ten minutes and tell you about my background. Then I'm going to take about 35 minutes and talk about spiritual dog training and also probably a few extra minutes to talk about animal communication and telepathy. This is not a focus on animal communication and telepathy. So please, it's mostly going to be focused on uniting this spiritual dog training approach, which really is, I'll get into that, but um, we will cover a little bit on animal communication. And then we'll take about 35 minutes to do Q&A, live Q&A. So whether you're on the telephone listening in or whether you're on the webcast, you'll be able to submit questions and I'll be able to respond to those as much as I can anyway because there's a lot of people on this call. So I'll do my very best to get to as many as possible. But that's the flow of the, the call. And so we're looking at approximately about 90 minutes here. Okay. So just before we get into that flow, let me just um, let you know who this call is for. So obviously, I already mentioned, I know you guys, so many of you are already experts and professionals with lots of years of experience, quality experience and services that you're already providing. Um, but Generally speaking, this call is for you. If you're working with animals in any capacity, particularly if you're already practicing as a professional dog trainer, as a behavioral expert and or behaviorist, if you're working as a rescue worker or a shelter worker of any kind, either, either volunteer or as a paid employee, if you're a groomer, a sitter, or a walker, or if you're an animal communicator, or even if you're an energy healer, or an energy worker, or practitioner of any kind, Reiki, any kind of theta healing, any kind of energy work with animals, then you're in the right place. And this call is also for you if you're an animal guardian or parent of your own animal, and you're not necessarily working as a professional in the animal services community, and you're desiring to have a more effective partnership or a higher quality partnership between you and your animal companions. And I always say this program is for you. If you want true partnership, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter what, no matter where, and then you're in the right place right now. Now notice, please, if you would, that I will be referring primarily to dogs. That's the focus of this um, particular program. However, this program, as you'll hear in a few moments, is really about energy, and it's a universal language, the universal language of energy, which I lovingly refer to as speak wolf. However, because it's a universal language and a lot of it has to do with energy, it doesn't just apply to dogs. It applies to all animals, cats, dogs, you name it, even the human variety of animals. We are animals too, and this universal language of energy does apply to them. So the spiritual dog training approach really is for all animals. So even when you hear me saying dogs, please know I mean all animals, any variety of animal. 
Okay. Now, with that said, let me give you a little bit about my background and get this party started. So, for those of you who don't already know me, again, my name is Lori Spagna. And let me tell you, I'm just going to give you my background as it relates specifically to animals and dogs and dog training. This is not going to be my metaphysical background um, because I, 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 you know, I'm a person who bridges, I always have called myself a bridge between the mainstream, not interested in spirituality, not interested in metaphysics at all, and the lightworker, I call it the lightworker community, those of us who are waking up and practicing and playing with this whole new reality that is all about energy and consciousness. But with that said, I'm going to say more focused on that, my background as it relates to animals, dogs, and, and dog training in general. So, I, you know, right now, I'm a, as a professional, I'm functioning as a an animal communicator and an energy healer, someone who works with energy. I do a lot of stuff with um, our dormant DNA. And, of course, I work as a professional intuitive. But really, in the mainstream world, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a teacher, and I'm really assisting other people to tap into their gifts as well and to learn about this potential that we all have. But in truth, if I were to summarize my purpose on this planet, my purpose is to be of service to animals, all animals on a global scale, by assisting them, humans and non-humans, with their divine mission to support each other and, you know, one another to what the animals already know and are here to teach us, the non-human animals already know and are here to teach us. And now, I did not actually know that that's what I was going to be doing in this world 20 years ago or less when I graduated college, whatever that was, I can't even remember now. I started out of, out of college in corporate America, and I spent 20 years in corporate America working as a marketing director and also in advertising. And during those 20 years, I was really quite miserable. But what I did absolutely love was every weekend, I would go off and volunteer with different not-for-profit animal rescue organizations, animal welfare organizations, animal shelters, and groups and societies working towards the betterment of animals. And on my vacations, I used to go off on um, different work vacations, volunteer work vacations around the world, and do service for animals in these not-for-profit animal organizations. So during those 20 years, practically, I mean, I can't say every weekend, but most of my weekends and my vacations, and even in between jobs, that's how I spent my time. And those organizations, I mean, they run the they ran the gamut. I did work with, you know, um, obviously lots of different, you know, ASPCA in New York, you know, dog and cat rescue organizations all around the country. But I also worked with the Orangutan Foundation in Los Angeles as a volunteer and traveled to Borneo to work with orangutans. I worked with elephants in Thailand. I worked with sea lions and seals and um marine mammals at Fort MacArthur in San Pedro for a couple of years as a volunteer every weekend. I worked with, um, you know, whale sanctuaries in um, Palos Verdes as a volunteer. I worked with, um, oh gosh, I mean, I don't even think I can remember the list because it could go on and on, but I worked with rabbits in Maui and did some work with the Maui Humane Society while I was there. 
and certainly was a foster parent with dogs and cats for most of my life. And um, that was just the first 20 years. But while I was in corporate America, what happened to me was I would go to work. First of all, every Sunday night was, you know, like cry fest. It was like I'm going to die if I have to go back to that job. I really felt enslaved to the system. I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. And I was definitely working like a slave for those organizations because that was my – I had that kind of archetype. I had that MO, you know, that I would be slaves. And I would just work, work, work. And I was quite good at being a good slave, but I was miserable. And so during those 20 years, I ultimately – you guys, if you know me, you've heard this part before. I gained about 65 pounds of excess body weight. I started smoking two or more packs of cigarettes a day during those 20 years. I was doing it every day. I started, I got to the point where I was drinking eight or more beers per day. Crazy. And, of course, I was drinking, like, two pots of coffee a day just to wake up and keep me alive through the day. Like, that's how I was functioning. And then at night, I couldn't get to sleep. Um, so my whole body chemistry was off, so I was going to doctors for help. And they were pumping me up with pharmaceutical drugs, excessive, excessive amounts of pharmaceutical drugs, unreasonable amounts of pharmaceutical drugs, and then this whole cycle was in perpetual, like nothing was working. My body was getting unhealthy and shutting down. And, of course, I was eating all the wrong foods because I was constantly on the go and didn't have time to eat healthy. So it was always a matter of packaged foods, box foods, and all of that. And this went on for 20 years until eventually what happened was my father, uh, sorry, my brother died of a drug overdose, accidental drug overdose. And that became my awakening. And I know there's a lot of people on the call who are not necessarily into the spiritual stuff, but I do need to say I really felt like I, I mean, I, I'm sort of at a point where I'm kind of beyond question or beyond doubt. I'm into a point of knowing where I was really realizing he became my divine angel, my wake-up call saying, you're next if you don't make a change. And so I did. I kind of took a leap and took a job as a professional dog trainer and what happened was when I applied to work for this dog, this, uh, this dog training organization, I filled out all the paperwork just because I, I was just dreaming. I didn't even think it was going to happen. I just was filling it out like, okay, I'm just going to do this for fun. And um, I really couldn't even afford to be a professional dog trainer because I had $150,000 in debt at that time, which, by the way, I graduated from school debt-free, I just want to say. That was part of being enslaved to the system. And... Um, anyway, lo and behold, this company that I applied for to be this dog trainer um, and this gentleman that I applied to work with, I guess apparently a 1,000 people had applied to work under his tutelage, and only six were accepted, and I was one of the six. And then there was a very long and rigorous interview process, and after this interview process, I was accepted to work under his tutelage, which I did for one year. And this gentleman, a fabulous dog trainer, had spent 20 years training service dogs for the United States government at Lackland Air Force Base. So I worked under his tutelage for this organization for about a year, at which point I was really, that was during that time, and there was somewhere in there that my, my husband and I, my then husband and I, started to have challenges in our, in our, in our, in our marriage. So, I think what really started happening was I started to get happy, and he wasn't ready for that. I started to get awakened, and he wasn't ready for that kind of change. 
And so he pretty much said, I'm out of here, especially when I started talking about my dead brother, like whispering in my ear. I can call him my dead brother because he, he jokes like that. That's how I hear him in my ear. I don't mean to be disrespectful of that in any way, but that's what was happening. He was like, hey, it's your dead brother, Jeff. But, but that's kind of how he talked to me because he didn't have the same concept of death that, that we have. But in any case, um, my then-husband said, I'm out of here. See you later. I can't handle this. I'm not ready for this, and I'm not into it. I didn't sign up for it. So at that point, I went away to Maui. I just jumped. I left everything. And I spent two years in Maui working with animals. I was training other people to work with animals. I was training other professionals there as well with, like, relatively limited experience. But it just felt like that that was what was needed there because Maui really didn't have a lot of professional dog trainers at that time. And there just was a huge amount of need in Maui for, for services, for quality services. And there were a lot of dogs always running wild on the streets, animals wild on the streets. And I, was, I became like a not-for-profit rescue worker of my own and literally died in the process doing it. Now, I'm cutting through a lot of this stuff, but that's kind of the summary of my background as it relates to animals. But one other thing I just want to say is that while I was in Maui doing all this volunteer work and rescuing animals from the streets and I mean, I went broke. I lost everything. And, of course, I, as soon as I got on path, everything else slipped away that I referred to. The coffee, gone. Two pots of coffee a day. I don't even drink coffee anymore. 60 pounds of, 65 pounds of body weight, gone within two years. Two packs of cigarettes a day, gone within two years. And still gone. All of this still gone. The alcohol, gone within two years. I mean, I was an addictive person to the max. All of those pharmaceutical drugs, gone within two years. And I'm telling you, they were like, you could line them up from one end of a double sink counter to the other end, you know, of, of pills, um, of bottles of pills. And there were multiples. That was all gone within two years. And, of course, um, I started eating healthier and making choices towards raw, organic, healthy, natural, whole living foods. And I also moved out of um, any remaining non-vegetarian qualities too. I'm I'm pretty much mostly vegetarian now, I'd say. So all of that shift was pretty radical. And I know, you know, this is the kind of stuff that came out of that. So what you're going to hear about today was born out of all of that. And I'm, I'm trying to cut through it because there was a lot more to it. But with that said, that's that's really my background um, for the most part. So let me let me get into the spiritual dog training program and this spiritual dog training approach. And again, I, I want to caveat here that as I get into this, I completely recognize that my dog training, I have not been a professional dog trainer now for at least six years. So I'm not trying to contradict anything that professional dog trainers are already doing. I completely honor professional dog trainers, and I completely honor the expertise of professional behaviorists, behavioral experts, and all of the experts who are listening in right now, veterinarians, groomers, you guys have your areas of what you know, and you do it fabulously. My area of expertise that I bring to the table has more to do with energy and the language of energy that's not really being taught in behavioral training schools, and it's not really being taught to professional dog trainers, not really not from a spiritual approach. And for animal communicators and energy experts who are on the call, generally what I find for, for you guys 
especially with the clients who come to me who say they've worked with 10, you know, three, four, five, up to 10 different animal communicators and their behavioral issues haven't been addressed, this kind of bridges the gap for you guys to learn more about the behavioral aspects that are being omitted from your area of expertise. So that's what I'm bringing forward with this program. It's the, it's the bridge that gaps the two and really overlaps the two as well. I'm saying the two areas, when I say two, I mean the kind of more mainstream philosophies and approaches, and then the kind of more metaphysical, spiritual approaches. This is the bridge. That's how I refer to this. And I want to just take that a step further as well before we really get underway. I call it a very holistic approach because when I say holistic, I don't just mean nutrition. Nutrition is one aspect of the spiritual dog training approach. Holistic nutrition is a very important aspect of proper spiritual dog training. In order for us to be healthy, we need to address the physical part of our of what we're doing. So training, for example, is something we do behaviorally in the physical reality, and it might be done through, you know, our um, our conditioning how we condition with our with, the, with our animals that we live with and work with, but it also does have to do with that nutritional aspect. But a holistic approach is way beyond that. Holistic also in, includes the spiritual elements, our connection with whatever our unique connection is with the divine. A, a holistic approach also refers to our mental body, the thoughts that we have, because our animals 100% are telepathic. I'm going to explain that enough for this to make sense on this call. But but the thoughts that our humans have, that the humans we work with, that their humans have, their guardians have, are definitely being picked up on. And it also refers, when I say holistic, refers to the emotional aspect. Because we're emotional beings. We have feelings. And those, those emotions are a form of energy as well. And our dogs, our cats, our animal companions, our family members, even humans, they pick up on that. We all pick up on that, and we just haven't fully been aware of it very much up until really recently. So when I say a spiritual and holistic approach, I'm referring to nutrition, behavior, emotions, intellect and mind and thoughts, um, energy. I'm even referring to energy that we can't necessarily see or feel consciously. You could, on a spiritual level, you could even call that light. Light and sound comes into play as well. That might be what we call the auric field, like our aura, auric field. We also refer to energy in terms of major energy points of the body, major meridians. All of this is part of the spiritual dog training master's program that we're going to be talking about today. Now, okay, so with that, let me go to the next part which is going to be some of the problems that we're dealing with addressing here, and whether you're, whatever your role and your area of expertise is. So one of the biggest issues in terms of problems that tends to come up, and I know for me, as someone who's been doing dog, or has been doing dog training for so long, and someone who is continually still working with animals, um, directly and indirectly, and for all of you guys who obviously are, some of the biggest problems that come up is, is what we refer to as not being able to solve a problem that we know is solvable. Like if you're a dog trainer and you know that you can fix the problem, but it doesn't get fixed because why? The human is not getting it. 
this is why I've written a lot of articles, actually, that say dog training doesn't work. Dog training doesn't work because the humans involved, the owners, so-called owners, which I would say guardian or parents because you can't own a living being, they don't get it, right? And if you're, as a dog trainer, for example, not able to correct what's going on with the human, then the dog training doesn't work. If you're an intuitive, an animal communicator, and you're working with a dog or another animal to fix some kind of behavioral challenge, if you don't have the behavioral aspect or the conditioning that needs to be reconditioned in the family structure, the dynamic, then you're not going to be able to solve the problem either. So whenever we're talking about behavioral issues with any animal, not only do we need to address it from a holistic approach, which I just explained, but we also need to understand that it's going to be deeply linked not only in the animal, in this case a dog, but in the human. Because let's face it, as dog trainers, the biggest frustration when I was a dog trainer was, I can fix the problem. When the dog's with me, the dog gets it. The dog learns it in two minutes, not even. You know as a dog trainer, the dog gets it immediately. All you have to do is maybe a flick on the switch or a click on a cooker or, you know, a tap on your nose or a trap with your finger or an energy, you know, like cue of some kind, and the dog gets it. But the human doesn't know how to emulate it. So you as the dog trainer are training the human. And if the human's not going to make the necessary changes or the necessary adjustments, it's not going to make a difference for for their training. At the same time, as an animal communicator, if you don't really understand or realize how to address this part of the behavioral stuff, then that problem's going to persist anyway. Even if you can communicate effectively what's really going on underlying the behavioral issue, for example, let's say, you know, the the cat's not peeing appropriately in the litter box or the dog is eliminating inappropriately inside, right? That's one of the most common ones. If you know what the problem is, that the problem is that the dog or the cat is really just really angry about something that the human's doing, well, you're not going to be able to address it if you can't make the behavioral adjustments that need to be uh, made or if you can't make the adjustment in the human. So, I'm really speed through, speeding through this to, to help you understand that it's so interlinked and so interconnected that without the whole picture, there's no way to really get to the root cause. In fact, when I was in dog training school, one of the things we did, we went out, uh, first of all, the first two weeks we were in a classroom setting. We didn't even get to get our hands on dogs. We were tested and quizzed and retested and then we'd sit around and talk about it, and we'd watch videos from, you know, before we were even able, even able to touch dogs. And one of the things I remember being taught was, by my teacher at that time, was it travels down the leash. Now, if you're a dog trainer or working as a professional in any capacity, you understand this concept. What it travels down the leash means is the dog is going to pick up whatever the human's experiencing. Well, that's exactly what we mean about energy because the dog is, is, is really feeling energetically what's going on with the human. But if you take it to even a further step from it travels down the leash, what it really means is unless you get to what's going on in the human, you're not going to be able to solve the problem. No matter how good of a dog trainer you are and no matter how good of an animal communicator you are. So again, 
the holistic approach addresses all of it. And it doesn't just address it in the dog or the cat or whatever the animal is. It addresses it in the human as well. Now, why is that? It's because everything is connected and everything is energy. All the energy is working together. And these animals are experiencing the same environment as their humans that they're living with. So they're feeling and picking up on this energy that the humans are experiencing. So the whole concept of it travels down the leash, it's real and it's true. But when we apply it to even a broader scale, we understand energetically that the real solution is to address the energy. Now, Susan Milan talks about energy all the time, but most cases, if you ask a regular, you know, mainstream person what is energy, they really don't even still get it. Oh, they understand it conceptually, but they don't really understand it figuratively. They don't understand it necessarily in everyday language. They don't even understand, like, if you put a dog near a stressed-out person, within a few moments, that dog's going to be stressed out. And if you put a dog near a really relaxed and chilled, relaxed person, someone who meditates a lot, within a few minutes, that dog is going to relax. And this is true for all animals. So this is true for the human animal. Put me in a room full of stressed out people, I'm going to be screaming to get out there in two minutes flat. Like, get me out of here. I mean, and I'm a person who's really meditating all the time. So, you know, then you put me in a room full of meditators, I'm going to relax into it and be like, yeah, I'm home. Okay, so when we talk about spiritual dog training, this is really what we're, we're getting into learning about this energy and how it affects everyone and how to address it from all aspects of what it is. And now let's incorporate this a little bit further with what goes on in, in pack and pride societies. So when I refer to a pack society, obviously I mean wolves, right, canines. And when I refer to a pride society, I mean felines. But you could even really expand this out to the human society because we are one big, huge pride or pack of our own human society. So what I'm about to say refers to society at large. But it's definitely the way wolf packs function. Essentially, all pride pack societies are functioning as What's good for the whole is going to support the whole, and the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So what that means is it's not actually supposed to be hierarchical. In other words, everyone in the pack is equally important. And this is a different concept of what we're mostly taught with respect to dog training, where you have an alpha who's the most important. And in our human society, you have like a president and a vice president. And this hierarchy, and if you look at it in corporate America, you got the same thing, president of the CEO, and then you got your underlings, and then right on the bottom you got someone who like, I don't know, works in the mailroom or something. But in reality, if that mailroom person is not there, the CEO is not going to get his mail, and it doesn't really matter how important that CEO thinks he is, that mailroom person is just as important for the functioning of the entire society. Same is true in wolf pack organizations, or wolf pack groups, and feline prides. Every member of the pack dynamic or the pride dynamic is equally important. The leader is a misnomer in a sense. And in truth, in reality, and here's, this is a radical concept, 
the alpha, the so-called alpha, is simply the being in the organization who has the greatest balance between the alpha brainwave and the beta brainwave. I'm going to talk about brainwaves in a moment, so just bear with me. I'll come back to that. But in truth, the point that I want you to understand here with PAC society is that everyone is equally important. And the moment that one member of the PAC isn't functioning, isn't doing his or her job effectively, the whole pack could collapse and die. And in the face of that potential, incredible stress starts to emerge. Now, this stuff isn't so out there. It's just that the concept of working with the pack differently, as if the entire pack is equally important, that concept is very different from how dog training, traditional dog training trains you, and it's also pretty new, in a way, to a lot of animal communicators and other experts working in, animal, in the animal field, because we're always taught, oh, there's someone who's most important who's going to be the alpha, and everybody else is going to succumb to him. And if you're more important, you need to pin down that, that other dog to show him that you're the alpha and you're going to dominate him. And indeed, even in extreme cases on Caesar Milan show, you see that. That is what he's teaching. Pin down the dog and get him to succumb to your energy. He doesn't really tell you how to obtain that energy or how he does it, and you never really see what's going on behind the scenes or how many hours he worked with those animals and that family prior to the filming and the editing, and you never really see that much about what goes on afterwards once he leaves, unless he does some kind of reunion show. So what I'm saying here is that that philosophy, while there is evidence and some truth to it, lots of truth to it, in fact, there's a lot of missing pieces and a lot of misinformation about superiority and dominance. And the whole concept of superiority and dominance and hierarchy is just wrong. I'm sorry to say. Now, let's go to another extreme on the other end. Well, you have someone like a Victoria Stilwell, and I'm not slamming either one of these guys, by the way, because I love them both. They're both fabulous. I am grateful for their contribution to the planet and to the animals and to the humans who they assist. I'm grateful to them. So I just want to say that. I'm grateful for their contribution to this world. However, let's go to the other stream where you get all positive and clicker training approaches. And you get these approaches that are just based on only honoring and praising the positive and for the most part just kind of ignoring what we might see as negative or, you know, as much as possible, really just like if you, if anything, you might redirect it. You, you acknowledge it, you might redirect it. Well, that's great too. But if there's a cancer and you just ignore it, I'm using cancer as a word, something wrong. Let's use that word. If there's something wrong in an organized society, this way I'm using the word cancer, and you ignore it, that's not going to solve the problem. It's going to keep growing. So ignoring or even just redirecting doesn't really get to the root cause of the problem. It certainly will address it temporarily, and it certainly does huge monumental amounts for reconditioning reprogramming what behaviors are not working, but it still doesn't get to the root cause. And if there is some kind of cancer or fungus or really bad, let's say bad being relative to good and bad, 
but something that's just not working, simply redirecting and praising the positive alone is just not good enough. Now, how do you find the balance in between? Well, this brings me back to the spiritual holistic approach, which is dog training, the spiritual dog training, which is part of this program. However, for the sake of this call, let me say this. From a foundational level, from a foundational level, the way to get to the foundation of what's going wrong, like that that so-called cancer, is to go back to the very basics. And we know this. If you're working as a professional dog trainer, you already know, most likely, that there are basically seven major behaviors in any – seven to nine major behaviors in any wolf pack society. And this is true for the feline societies as well. Uh, societies as well, so this applies absolutely to our, our feline friends and companions. And those behaviors are what need to be replicated in the human environment. Now, I'm going to talk about those in just a moment. But the challenge is that in the human environment, we think and believe that there's something called multitasking that you can actually do, <laughs> which is really also a misnomer. I'm sorry. You can't really multitask. You're really almost only ever doing one thing at one time. But this is the story. But this concept of multitasking is what creates huge amounts of stress in our world, stress in our reality, stress in our lifestyles, and, of course, energetically, the animals pick up on that. But if we go back to this foundational aspect, our animals are only ever doing one thing. And they live in a very simplistic society that is basically built around one of these nine things. So I'm about to tell you what they are. Seven to nine things. Here they are. Number one, they're always either, well, the first one is sleeping. Yeah, that's pretty simple, pretty basic, right? They sleep. And then when they wake up, they almost immediately need to eliminate, right, which is a behavior in and of itself, elimination. And then from elimination, there is another behavior, which usually has to do with something like resting and lounging around and relaxing. And that is a behavior. And then from there, there's usually another one that comes in, which has to do with getting hungry. So they get hungry and they need to eat. And in a family domesticated environment, they're going to be fed, right? So they're lounging around and you're preparing their food and then they're going to move into time where they eat. But in a wolf pack society or a feline society in the wild, that eating time would first be uh, um, organized to a whole other behavioral aspect, which is called work time. And it could overlap in a way with exercise which is another period of energy, right, activity. So you got work time where they organize a hunt, and then they get some exercise. Now, exercise happens other times, of course, and work time happens other times in these societies. But exercise and work are two of those behavioral patterns, right? And then you've got, like I said, the eating. And then after that, what happens is there's some love time. There's maybe some more relaxing time, but there's also some love time. And love, loving is actually a behavior that animals exhibit. And then besides that love time, then they w- would have maybe some adventure time, little adventures that happen. And then usually they repeat all of those. So those are the basic behaviors. There's one other one that I'm missing, and that behavior has to do with moving from one group of behaviors to another. And I usually call that shift or transition, shift, S-H-I-F-T, or transition. 
So that's a group of behaviors. And that's when, by the way, the so-called alpha male will step into his role of shifting them from one behavior to the next. Now, the trouble is, in human reality, the dog doesn't always know which behavior he's in, or the cat. And so, if he doesn't know which behavior he's in, he doesn't know what to do. And from his point of view, this is when anxiety results. The pack could die. Someone could die. And bad, so-called undesirable behaviors develop out of it. And so, the behavioral trainers and people who are working with behavioral aspects and conditioning, reconditioning old behaviors into new ones or addressing them, if they're bringing it back down to the basic and re-emulating those behaviors, those basic behaviors, those foundational aspects, well, then they're going to have a lot of success, ideally, right? If they, if they can, if they can start there. They still need to understand how energy works and animal telepathy works. That said, that's really what needs to be done that you're not seeing in, in in the major television personalities who are basically picking and choosing and they need to do it that way. So they need to do it that way for television, for the television shows to perpetuate, right? So they pick and choose behavioral pieces to, to address. And they pick and choose aspects of conditioning to recondition. And we call that training. And they use their various approaches and techniques to do that, like clickers and treats and corrections and commands and cues and prompts and all of the other tools that are in the dog trainer's bag of tricks or the rehabilitator's bag of tricks. And and I don't mean that to be condescending in any way. I just mean that that's what they're doing, right? We, we all have that. We have tools that we use and we call upon them. And we address those. But if you're... If, the foundational aspect is what's not being addressed when we learn these things from, you know, our television personalities that we're learning from. Now, a lot of dog trainers, that's really where they got trained from, television shows. But many dog trainers actually did go to dog training schools. And a lot of those dog training schools, you bring your dog and then you sit in a group of 10 or 20 people with their dogs, and then you share dogs, and you, you work on each other's dogs. I didn't get trained that way. I got trained where we worked in a, um, we worked in a, uh, a rescue shelter, and we pulled out one by one, dog after dog after dog, with every age, every temperament, every behavioral challenge. You know, we worked with, you know, the gamut, and we worked out in an open field that was part of this, um, this shelter where I was in California. And we worked with them, you know, from 7 in the morning until 3 p.m. when it was too hot to work anymore. And we were exhausted. We were filmed. We were videotaped. We were, then we would go back to the classroom after that. And we were critiqued in front of everybody. And everybody would critique you. It was not always fun. <laughs> but we really did get to see our stuff, you know. And, and then, you know, everybody else got to see our stuff too, our mistakes and our corrections. And that's how we learned. But in any case, um, it wasn't just family companions that we worked with. We worked with dogs that were picked up off the streets and had major stress-related issues because they were in this high-intense, you know, I'm sad to say, high-kill shelter. So um, anyway, that's how I was trained. But but the point is, is that if you're not working with this kind of diversity of animals, a lot of times you're you're not going to be able to necessarily call upon all those tricks and treats and be able to get to that foundational work anyway, because you're just working with 
problem-solving this or problem-solving that or walking on the leash appropriately or correcting, redirecting, cueing, prompting, etc., rewarding, praising, etc. And so, if, and even if lots of dog training is focused, uh, this is so important to say, on just basic command work, which I get it, you know, we don't even say commands anymore, but we do prompts or cues to get them to so-called obey or allow or respond appropriately to a request that we make, which might be sit, stay, down, come, heal, if you're just doing basic, basic training here. And gosh, I mean, any good trainer knows that that is not training. I'm sure all of you who are trainers know that that is not training at all because sit, stay down, come heal is just like what's he doing the other 24 hours and 57 minutes of the day when he's not sitting, staying, downing, healing, or coming. Well, he's trying to figure out which one of the behaviors he's supposed to sit in, you know, fit into. Eating, sleeping, loving, resting, relaxing, working, exercising, having an adventure. He's trying to figure that out. And if the human doesn't understand that conceptually or how to emulate that in his environment, in the human's environment for the animal companion, whether it's cat or dog, the animal is now going to start developing undesirable behaviors to compensate. Okay. Okay, so now here's the kind of interesting thing. And then i got to start moving into questions. Um, the interesting thing about the spiritual dog training approach, and this is really true no matter what, who, what kind of animal you're talking about, we all learn one of three ways. There's only three ways that we learn. Everybody, dogs, cats, humans, doesn't matter, guinea pigs, gerbils, rats. We learn through one of three ways. The first is through cause and effect. By the way, that's a universal law, if you ever sit with me on more of my metaphysical kinds of stuff. Cause and effect is a universal law, and we all learn that way. If I drop my keys, they'll fall. And once I, I only have to do it once or twice to realize it's going to happen 100% of the time. That's the cause and effect. I drop them, they fall. Or if I throw something, it's going to fly through the air, and then it's going to land. Cause and effect. And this applies to everything, no matter what, cause and effect. And dogs learn the same way as do cats and all other animals. Now, the other way that we learn is through, this is also, by the way, called stimuli response. And we learn that, by the way, from Pavlov, which is dogs, stimuli response. When Pavlov um, rang a bell, the dog would salivate. That was a stimuli response. Okay, now, another way we learn is through repetition, practice and repetition. That's why we say practice makes perfect. So when we're doing dog training and working with dogs and other animals, we want to recondition them. We do it over and over and over again. We get reconditioned, right? So that's another way that dogs, indeed all animals, learn. That's why we study for pets. We keep going over and over. And the memorization, by the way, memorization is all about Jehuli. But don't get me started on that because really you have brainwaves that will just give you the information. That's another story. I'm going to get into that in just a moment. But the third way that animals learn is through, it's, so the first two are cause and effect, Stimuli, uh, um, conditioning, uh, reconditioning, practice. And then the third way is through, oh my goodness, now I'm going to have a brain fart. <laughs> What's the third way? Okay, I'm going to come back to that because my brain is for some reason pausing on that. But this is in the spiritual dog training program anyway. The 
thing that I want to take you into is once those three methods are understood of how they learn, then you start emulating the foundational work and incorporating these three methods, and it's almost like foolproof. So that said, I know it will come to me, the third one. I don't know why I'm spacing out on it right now. But the real thing I want you to understand here is when you take all of that and then you incorporate the animal telepathy and energy part, which is real and scientifically valid, and I'm going to talk about that for just a couple minutes, then we're going to go into the questions, is that then you really are incorporating more of a holistic approach. So let me just briefly talk about the animal communication aspect, interspecies communication and telepathy. And I know that the mainstream society has not really embraced this yet, but that's why I love to give the scientific layman's terms for how this works. So the, the layman's terms is very simple. We have five brainwaves. And those five brainwaves all do something different. And we're, right now, all humans are actively using at least three of them. And most humans are not really aware that the other two exist but we're starting to learn about them. And if you've listened to me, you've heard this lots of times. This is not new to you. If you're practicing in the animal communication realm, you probably already know this. If you're practicing intuitively, if you're working with energy, you're already doing this to some degree or another. If you meditate, you're definitely starting to do it on some degree or another. Let me just say them. Your alpha brain, I'm sorry, let's start with delta. Delta is your sleep brainwave. So when you're sleeping, you're in a delta brainwave. Alpha is meditation, relaxation brainwave, light meditation. If you're sitting in front of a television show, chilling out, you're in an alpha brainwave, vegging out, chilling out, relaxing, staring at a sunset, doing light breathing and meditation, that's alpha. Beta is active and alert. Theta is a brainwave that connects universal intelligence, and it's the brainwave that allows for telepathy to exist. So. When we talk about interspecies communication or animal communication, it's because animal communicators, the good ones, have learned how to tap in to a theta brainwave and have a two-way dialogue. Now, gamma brainwaves, uh, some animal communicators only do it from an alpha brainwave. In my experience, and I mean no disrespect to anyone, but if you don't know how to access a theta brainwave, you are missing a crucial element of being an effective animal communicator. I know a lot of um, animal communicators who come to my classes and have taken level one animal communication classes, and they don't learn how to access a deeper brainwave, a, a higher frequency brainwave, and they're not as effective in their animal communication abilities. And again, I mean no disrespect here. I just, that's my observation and my awareness as a teacher. In any case, the other brainwave is the gamma brainwave, and that's a very high frequency brainwave that very few people really ever learn to access unless they're specifically learning how to do it. And if you've ever seen the movie Men Who Stare at Goats, in that movie, which was based on real and true experiences and real and true government, you know, government tests and studies, um, in that movie, the star of the movie, um, 
can't remember his name. What's his name? Good-looking guy, George Clooney. He uses his brainwaves to basically kill a goat. Now, I'm not advocating that at all, but that's the kind of thing that gamma brainwaves are capable of doing, where gamma brainwaves can manipulate objects that are outside of you. Um, you can do all kinds of things with physical objects that are not being touched by you. Okay. Now, these brainwaves are really important to understand when you start getting into energy and how animals interact. And I really need to wrap up with this part so I can get go to the Q&A. But I just want to let you know that this stuff is what we start addressing and go way deeper into in the spiritual dog training approach. And it's really, this whole program is really about teaching professionals who are already working with animals to, to add on to what they're already doing and what they already know. And it's by getting into a lot of this stuff that I've just barely started to scratch the surface on and getting into it with the depth and the training that will really allow them to expand their services, allow each of you to expand the services that you're already offering. So with that, I just want to take a couple of moments to talk to you about this program, and then I'm going to go to questions and answers. As I promise, I promise I will. I love doing Q&A. Those of you who know me know that I love Q&A. So let me just tell you about this program first so that I can um, help you learn more to see if it's right for you and if you're interested in pursuing more. And if not, that's okay. You can certainly stay on the call and still ask questions. Um, so if you want to uh, follow along with me on this, by the way, you can go to my website, lauriespania.com, and go to the page that talks about um, programs and workshops and classes and scroll down and you'll see spiritual dog training. You can also go straight to ethelsgoddogtraining.com because it's on that page as well. It's on that website. And it just basically outlines the spiritual dog training master's program, which once again is a spiritual holistic approach to dog training, behavior modification, animal healing and communication, and understanding our own behaviors. It's really about the intricate link between human and animal and that no solution, no real permanent, long-lasting solution, be it behavioral, be it health-related, be it um, training, be it dealing with the clients, can really be addressed unless it's done holistically. So what this approach really covers is you know, everything from basic and foundational training to and new puppy training and intermediate training and advanced training and canine good citizen work and clicker training. It covers all that stuff, which I know behavioral trainers, and if you've been trained professionally, you know a lot of that stuff already. You're using it already. But that's really geared more towards people who are working with animals and don't know that. But it also goes into dealing with the energy. And addressing that energy towards some of the really challenging cases like highly aggressive dogs who are so super sensitive to energy. Let me tell you, I did get bitten by a majorly aggressive dog. I was not properly, you know, ready to handle it, but I learned from it. I learned the hard way. This goes into that, how to deal with that energetically. This talks about dealing with highly traumatized dogs and cats, with rescue animals and animals who are in rescue organizations, how to address them because really they're not that, you know, when I was living in Maui, I just see so many dogs and cats, they were euthanized like out of control. 
it wasn't even euthanasia at that point. It wasn't even mercy killing. It was just, we can't deal with them. we got to get them out of the way. And any dog or cat that showed the slightest amount of aggression or which is really just fear-based trauma, they just, you know, basically that was it. They were in, they were done for. And, I mean, I, I just had, to me, that was just, uh, that was when I, I, I knew that I had to do something more global. Well, this addresses that. Of course, there's a whole section about proper nutrition, and this applies to people as well. Um, I want to say this because our nutrition in, wow, I am, like, so, so tired. I cannot look at another period of commercial. That How dare they start talking about, like, that they're serving good food. It's just such, they're lying to the people, these commercials, and they're, they're, it's a disgrace to humanity, the food that's going, what's going into the food. So there's all kinds of scientifically valid information about proper nutrition for canines and felines and humans. Our bodies are made up of the same thing. You know, we're made up of the same molecules and protons and neutrons, the same carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, that they're made up of, hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. So this, there's a whole section on that. There's a whole section on massage and sitting. And I know, like, people who do massage, you already know how to do it, but there's, we talk about that. We talk about clicker training. We talk about um, everything that's going on with the aggressive and anxiety aspects and how to release it. We also talk about EFT. If you don't already know what EFT is, you're going to learn it. I can't, I don't even have time to go into it right now because we don't have enough time. But EFT, emotional freedom technique, is a huge part. It's a tapping technique. It's real and it's valid. You talk all about that in there. You learn about that and how to apply that. And, of course, we go into a lot of the more mainstream approaches. We talk about the history of dog training, so you can really learn about that. And we talk about the various methods that are really, really made famous. Obviously, some of those we touched on today. Um, government methods and the history of that, the monks of Muscat, if you're familiar with that, and, and really how it developed. I mean, I do talk about the so-called Aussie way, which is really just, I'm sorry, missing, really missing so much. Um, it's missing all of the foundational elements, and it needs, this stuff needs to get out there. So that's why I, I put this all together. Now, in more advanced modules, further along, we talk about vocal control and body language and the emphasis on leash work, which I've touched on today. But we also go deeper into the 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 ethics and the morals, of course. But all of that is always interwoven with these foundational energy factors, the factors related to energies, and this universal language of energy, which all animals speak, including humans, which I call speak wolf. Now, we also go into, obviously, safety, which is a major factor. If I understood more about safety, I probably would never have been bitten by that dog. And um, every week there's quizzes that you will be able to take, questions and answers. Um, we also go into kinesiology and muscle testing, which is the study of the intelligence of muscles and how they respond. Um, so you learn that in this class, how muscles react and respond and why this is so important in training and in working with a holistic approach because the muscles already know the truth to everything. So we go into that in this in this um, spiritual dog training program. 
We also go into, you know, obviously proper leash work and those kinds of things, but um, it's so so much more than that. It's more like going to that 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 the subtle energies in advanced training. How to deal with dogs off leashes and on leashes. How to deal with dogs across the street and down the block. The other day, no, I really got to speed it up. The other day, my dog was out in the front yard, and I don't have a fence in the front yard, but I do use a gated area when the door is open to keep them inside. However, on this particular day, we were out in the yard on the front playing, and I know that all I have to do to say to my dog, Kiko, is freeze, and she will freeze. And immediately, there were there were dogs kind of on a leash walking by, and they were very high energy, kind of playing, wrestling, and I saw my dog, Kiko, was about to go welcome them and greet them and be social and say hello, and I said, freeze, and she dropped and froze. This is the kind of stuff that we go through. If you're a dog trainer, you may already know how to do it, but this takes you deeper into the subtleties of energy. This is why I say that with this program, you and the dogs you live with, love, and work with will respond to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter what, no matter where. Okay, um, it does talk, obviously, about animal communication, although it's not an animal communication class, and it does not teach you to be an animal communicator. I do have animal communication classes for that, but it talks about animal communication, how it works, and it gives you just enough to understand how you can start applying it and using it with the animals you work with, love, and live with, and the humans as well. Okay, and of course, there's all kinds of open Q&A in the classes because these are live classes where there's actual Q&A going on throughout all of these these classes. So let me just summarize this and um, and just let you know what's really being covered here. Effectively, this spiritual dog training program has um, a total of, oh, you know what, I forgot the special, okay, I'll come to that in a second. 13 MP3 classes. Each one is approximately 60 to 90 minutes in length. Some of them a little more, some of them a little less. And they're yours to own. 13 MP3 classes, live classes, covering all this information. And each one of those 13 courses also has actual training materials and documents which apply for trainers who are working with humans right now, training with humans and their dogs, and which also can apply for anyone who wants to deepen their learning of behavioral training and behavioral modification with animals. Now, these documents can easily be, they're basically done for you, done for you training. So if you're doing training and you're not actually giving your your clients anything right now, like on paper, you can absolutely take this and modify it for your training. All you have to do is copy what's in there, it's done for you, and modify it to with your logo, and your signature, your unique brand as a dog trainer or animal communicator, and it's yours. These are done-for-you training classes. And then there's eight weekly quizzes for you to test yourself. And by the way, if you're training someone else, you, this is done for you. You can test someone else. So there's eight weekly training quizzes. There's also a training contract. So if you're in the training business or you want to be in the training business, this contract is the very contract that you can use as a trainer between you and your clients. It's also got a whole section on how to sell clients and how to serve them, how to work with the clients. So that's one of the sessions there. So, And that's 
that's included in this class. There's also, obviously, the done-for-you training documents. I talked about those. There's a done-for-you equipment re review form, which shows all of the equipment you need. There's a toys list, which shows all of the toys and the healthy toys, what's healthy and what's safe versus what's not. This is done for you. So if you're not already using it, you have it. If you already have it, you can add to it and supplement. Um, obviously, there's, there's also a recommended reading list which has incredible resources for you at your disposal, and, of course, the course outline. Now, all of this is included in this course, and it's so much more than just that. Now, in addition to that, there are some really great, huge benefits of this course that I want to share with you. And one of those is what I call Wolf Wisdom. And it's called Life Lessons on Healing, Power, Potential, and Leadership that Every Spiritually-Minded Animal Lover Needs to Know, as taught by the wolves. This is a 90-minute teleclass, and it really goes very deep into the foundational work that we were talking about earlier. And it helps really expand on everything that we've already covered. It goes way deeper. What wolf pack mentality is. And I will tell you, lots of this information, really, I'd say, in animal telepathy, when you're really practicing a two-way dialogue with animals, they teach you everything you need to know. They're the ones saying, this is what you need to do in order to have the partnership with me. This is what you need to think. This is how you need to feel. Or not even this is what you need to think, but this is what I want you to be aware of. They are our teachers. This goes into that. Then the other one is seven simple, easy, and effective ways to immediately protect yourself and your pet from radiation exposure. I don't know if you guys know about this. It's a mini ebook, but really Fukushima's already here. And if we don't know that it's already here, um, the world is not aware of it. It's it's more about how to live with it and how to deal with that radiation and how to protect ourselves. And yes, we can. There are all kinds of healthy supplements and healthy energy things that can be done, and that's covered in that ebook. And then the third um, extra benefit, which these extra benefits, like the first, the wolf wisdom is valued at 50. The seven simple and effective ways that ebook with the radiation exposure is valued at 33. And this third one is valued at an additional 50. 11 ways to have a more magnificent relationship with your animal companion. This goes into a lot of these complementary approaches that I've been talking about that I don't even have time to cover here. There's so much more. Um, so many ways and modalities that you can add that are so easy to learn and start practicing that will add to your contribution as a professional or to your contribution with your animal companion if you're just, you know, someone who, who has animal companions who you love. So all of these are included. And then there's one more huge extra special bonus that's included in this, in this spiritual dog training program. And that is Mastermind Coaching with me. Now, the Mastermind Coaching class is radical. It is not mainstream stuff. It's out there. And that right now, I can tell you, it's not fully launched yet. You can't go check it out yet. It will be. Right now, if you sign up this week, this in the next couple in the next week, let me give you a deadline for it, you'll get that added in for free. But it's a value of almost 400 bucks added in there. So this whole spiritual dog training, if you're following with me, um, you can click on the additional page and see you have three ways to register. If you want to participate, I would love to have you. It's 
basically three options. So you can go for broke, go for the whole thing, and make the investment in you, in your life, in your career, in the animals you love and live with and work with. And that one first option is one payment plan of $9.99. That is a savings of over $1,500 if you go for just one investment. And that savings will be well over 1500 because it really is an investment. And you're talking about taking this and using it for your career and a lifetime, not only with the animal companions you have right now, but with the animal companions you'll have for the rest of your life because this is lifetime learning. Now, option two, if you're really interested and you just feel like you want to, you know, have an investment option, you're looking at two payments, two investment options of 550 each. And then option three is three payment investment options of $399 each. Either way, no matter which option you go with, you still get the benefits, the special gifts that I was referring to earlier that are valued at the, the Wolf Wisdom valued at 50, the several, seven simple and effective ways to protect yourself valued at 33, the 11 ways to have a more magnificent relationship, MP3 class valued at 50. That's $133 extra that you get, no matter which payment investment plan you choose, and no matter which one you choose, you get the year-long mastermind coaching with me valued right now at $395. I can guarantee you that when it launches, that year-long program will not be valued. It will be more than $395. I can guarantee you that. And I can tell you that for the next couple of weeks, this will be up. For the next week, this will be up. But after that, it's not going to be a year anymore. It's going to immediately, within one week, it's going to go down from one year to six months. Okay. So, and then after a week after that, I'm going to take it down to it will not stay a year. All right. So, with that, I'm going to um, take some questions. I would love to have you guys. I think it's really a great course. It's a home study, but you still get the weekly coaching and support. All the questions and answers you want to ask with this home study program right now for a year, and that's good for one more week. And then after that, it'll it'll reduce to to six months after one week. And I'll give you notices, but um, if you take advantage today, that's what you get. All right, now. What I'm going to do for questions and answers, because there are a lot of people on this call, I'm going to put us on Q&A mode. And so what that means is in order to ask a question, we're now in Q&A mode, you just need to press star 7, and that will tell me that you have a question and you'd like to have that question asked. Answered. So star seven um, will assist. And I'm also going to just, while you guys are kind of getting your questions in mind, I'm just going over to the webcast and taking a look at that as well. Because the webcast, you can also submit a question. So I'm just opening that up for questions as well. Beautiful. Okay, so. Beautiful. So let me go back to... First, I'm going to do some webcast questions. So let's start there. The first one is from Kim. What does the mastermind course consist of? Well, I think I just went through that. I hope I did and answered that for you. But you can definitely go back to lorispania.com under the workshops tab and look at spiritual dog training program. It's all on there. And you can also go to Ethel's God Dog Training 
and look at that there, and you'll see it. Now, I'm going to go, I have a person who's already ready, so let me go back to this live. Simone, Hi. I'm going to take your question first. Hi, Simone. Hi. How are you? Good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, my God. How are you? I'm good. I, I didn't even know if I was about to type in my question. I don't know if... um. You're taking questions about the course, but I had one on leash aggression. Like, I just adopted a dog about um, four weeks ago. He's my second adoptee this year. And, when, you know, he's great. He came from a shelter, but when he sees a dog across the street, he tur- he's like this little 12-pounder that turns into a 300-pound dog. But he, he gets along with every dog. He, like, I'm a dog walker, and he comes with me to work, and he, ne- he doesn't have any aggressive issues walking dogs with me just when he sees them across the street. Okay. So there's so many ways I can answer this question for you right now. <laughs> first of all, thank you, Simone, for your question. Okay. The first thing I'm going to say is, number one, part of that obviously is leash work which you're a dog walker, so you know leash work. Uh-huh. But it means you need some kind of modification in the way you do your leash work and the way you're working with the leash. I'm not sure what kind of equipment you're using, um, but you might want to look at the equipment there. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm going to give you more specific answers, but first I want a more, more wide, you know, global kind of answer. So you've got leash work factors, equipment factors, and then the big thing is energy factors. Uh-huh. Because obviously, if he if he's already great and he gets along with all dogs, but it's just when there's a dog walking across the street that he's responding and reacting to, why do you think that is? Well, let's let's look at it from a holistic perspective. There's a conditioning happening, conditioning that's out of alignment, right? That he's somehow now conditioned to do that. So behaviorally, he needs to be reconditioned, and part of that energetically involves you because you are the creator of this in a way. So you're you are conditioned. And you as the walker are knowing, you're predicting that that's going to happen. You're preparing. So energetically, he's reading your energy, and he knows, oh, there it is. And she's expecting me to do this, and I'm going to do it, and here it goes. Boom. Ah. Is making sense? Mm-hmm. So while on one level, we could address it behaviorally with some leash work, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm not sure what kind of leash you're using and equipment work, that stuff is definitely addressed in spiritual dog training. But on another level, energetically, we would need to address it with you because some part of you is creating it and predicting it. Well, and, then, and on another level, I'm going to take this even a little further. On another level, uh, I would go to a really spiritual approach. Uh-huh. I would say, very likely, since he's your dog and you adopted him, uh-huh. He's responding, this is more of the animal communication aspect, he's responding to some part of you that feels afraid and feels as though you need some kind of protection. Or that feels like there's a little nervous anxiety there that feels like it needs some kind of safety. Uh-huh. Does that make sense to you? Well, yeah, it does. It does. But I See, my thing is, is I think he picked it up from being in the shelter and then, you know, all those big dogs walking by, and so then they, you know how they rile each other up. And I think it's just a, a behavior that needs to be, like you said, unconditioned, because he conditioned himself to act like that in the shelter. But I see what you're saying on my end, now that I'm expecting it. I like, The only thing 
that's been working when you're talking about equipment. Clicker didn't work. I know somebody said try Banaka, spraying it. That, that no, no. See, that stuff, I can't even hear that stuff. That is, yeah. that is what... I agree with That's that. what inexperienced dog trainers or I don't I don't want to say uh, inexperienced dog trainers. I just want to say that's what people say. Well, all those tricks. Uh, we call that the band-aid approach. Yeah, that's the band-aid yeah. It doesn't I, work. I agree with you 100%. And the thing is, is I know it immediately that that's not going to work. The only thing that's been working is me scooping him up and diverting his attention. And then that's, right. that's again, a band-aid approach, you know, but it well, works. Well, it's actually, it's. It's actually making the problem worse. Okay. Because what you're doing is reinforcing the very behavior that you don't like uh-huh. by giving him even extra love and attention. You're lifting him up, uh-huh. and from a dog's perspective, he's now elevated to a higher level, okay. your level. Yeah. So cause this, is, this is all the stuff we go into in the spiritual dog training program because all of this is so interrelated. And this is what the human does. It's a great question, Simone. Because what humans do is we search for a reason. Our mind wants to understand. Our left brain starts looking for some kind of reason. Why is this happening? Well, it came out of the shelter, and it's rooted in that. And that may be true. That may be true. However, there are other factors involved because there's always a holistic, interconnected reality here. Uh-huh. The dog's situation, his past, present, and future, your past, present, and future, your experience, your life learning, your lessons, his lessons, the the animal across the street, their lessons, that human. It's all interconnected. Everything is connected and interrelated. This is the kind of stuff we go into in the spiritual dog training. To fix the problem, obviously, I can't fix it for you in five yeah. minutes. Exactly. But I would address, I mean, honestly, I, you know, you can the spiritual dog training program would address this with you, but definitely address it with leash work is part of it. Energy work is part of it. Looking inside of you for where you have anxiety about that and where you feel you need some kind of protection, addressing that on an energy field is going to be part of it. And then also, I mean, I go into a whole other thing in in other classes about soul contracts and agreements. I don't want to get into all that spiritual woo-woo stuff on this call, but that's part of it. And then one other aspect um, that's really big there is there's some part of you, Simone, I get it. You want to be better at your craft, better at your service. This dog is a teacher. Okay. This dog's teaching you. And, of course, I mean, I go into all that. The animals are our teachers. They're our healers. Yeah. If you've heard me in animal communication calls, you've heard me say that. They're our teachers. They're our healers. They've certainly taught me pretty much everything I know. <laughs> so... All right, Simone, I hope that helps. I'm going to go to somebody else now because there's a lot of call questions. Thank you so much, Simone. I didn't mean to cut you off there because I, I, I get you were probably saying thank you or something. Okay, so thank you, Simone. All right, let me go to this next person who is – okay, this person, I can't, you're, the last five digits of your number are 7505. That's, That's me. Hi. What's your Hi, name? Can you hear me? It's yeah. Grace. Grace. Is it it's, Grace? It's Grace. We met at the we met in in Balboa Park earlier this year. Oh hi. Okay. Okay. Oh yes. Hello, Grace. How are you? I'm I'm doing better. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm glad you're doing well. That's great. How can I help so you? So, well, I had a couple of questions. 
um, on the on the master class that you've been talking about uh, on this phone call, which I I was unfortunately had to tune in a little bit late. One of the questions that I had was, does it is it just a self study program, or is there a teleconference uh, seminar along with it? It's, is it just a home study, or is there a teleconference along with it? It's a home study program, and it is accompanied right now for one week only by a year-long master uh, live coaching class with me, one-on-one -on -one, uh, group, live group. So you study the whole program as you go, and you have a whole year of mastermind coaching with me, and that mastermind coaching year is going to be live. So you'll, you won't get taught live. You get taught at home, and then you get in with the mastermind coaching, and you you get to uh, <laughs> you get to get live Q and A and coaching with me. Does that answer that? Okay. That that answers that part. So yes, there is a live at least Q and A component to it. Um, yes. And then the, the next question that I had, I'll be, these are all fairly short questions. Um, you are are you going to be con teaching again the animal communication classes live, or is that going now only to a home study? Home study. I've been announcing this for a long time in my newsletter. I am being called to something else that is going to completely redirect all the work that I do to a more global audience. And so I wanted to make sure that everything that I learned and was able to share with others was something that they could still benefit from. So they will be able to, everybody will be able to study that stuff as home study and then participate with some kind of mastermind coaching that they can opt into to get their live questions. But no more, yep, they're home studies now. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, that's cool. That answers those two questions because I'm trying to decide what I want to do. And then with Mr. Leo, um, I have two issues. Uh, I don't know if you can help me, you know, make another suggestion or not. We're still having some problem nuisance barking. It's much better, but I can't nuisance seem to barking? stop that. Nuisance oh, barking. barking. Okay. And then um, he's also... Okay, well, go ahead and say your other one, but I probably won't be able to do both because I definitely... There's a lot of questions, and I want to get to as many as I can in the little time I understand. we have left. But yeah. But so There's nuisance barking... What was the other yeah. one? Go ahead. The other one is that he's got he's licked some sores, and so I don't know what that's about. But the nuisance barking is I'd rather work with that right now because I know that this is behavioral stuff, and that's a behavioral thing. Okay. Well, they're both related. They're both interrelated. Those are both things that we would address on spiritual dog training. And, Grace, I can tell you, I, I, I absolutely totally remember you and know who you are, and I'm so thrilled you're on the call. And I'm just saying for you, I would recommend spiritual dog training first. If just just to give you some, if you're if you're deciding between the two. Um, okay, but so in terms of nuisance barking, first of all, there's the the biggest thing that needs to be emulated with, with when you have something like this is you got to go back to the foundation and emulate those major behaviors that I was talking about in the home, because right now what he has is opportunity to make mistakes, opportunity to be nuisance barking. So when we remove the freedom, excuse me, the excessive amount of opportunity to nuisance bark, by taking away excessive freedom and giving him, keeping his rights without removing his freedom, I'm sorry, 
removing his freedoms without removing his rights, his basic rights, his right to love, his right to kindness and compassion, his right to food, his right to safe home, safe place to sleep, right to water, right to, you know, right to all the rights. We remove his freedoms without his rights. Then you're able to catch the behaviors of nuisance barking when they come up so that when you catch them at that moment, you can do what's being taught by someone like Victoria Stilwell. You can redirect them to more appropriate behavior and recondition the behavior to be what you desire. But right now, he's got all this freedom and he's making all these mistakes of nuisance barking. So I know I'm giving you global answers and it's not as specific as you like, but the specifics, I need a whole hour. And that's what I cover in spiritual dog training. But I hope that at least helps because if you can, if you can take away that excessive freedom by really having him be more, um, more, in, more engaged in his correct behaviors, that's, that's really where the solution lies. I know that's not specific enough for you, but it's, it's definitely the big, the, the big solution. Let me just quick address the sores because everybody has skin issues. Skin issues, we go into that nutrition, nutritional stuff in the spiritual dog training program, but whenever you've got hot spots, itchiness, skin issues, it's always, 99% of the time anyway, let me say that, to be fair, related to one of at least two, one of two things. Number one, boundaries. So energetics, we're talking about boundaries. My space, your space. Me, you. Separation, boundaries, okay? Boundary invasions. That shows up on the skin. This is a holistic approach I'm talking about. This is not behavioral aspect. But when you talk about removing freedoms without rights, that's boundaries factor. It's going to, it's going to correct that. The other factor with, with skin issues is the other two factors, food-related and sometimes medicinal-related. When I say medicinal, it's usually drugs, okay? I mean, pharmaceutical drugs do that. So... <laughs> Or drops, you fall in that category, like drops on the back of the neck, which should never, ever be used. I don't care what they say. Those are toxic poisons that kill fleas and ticks, and those fleas and ticks are made up of the same things that our bodies are made up of. So if you're going to kill flea and tick, you want to kill part of the dog's body or the cat's body, then put these, you know, drops on their neck. But that's what creates skin issues, one of those three things, food, boundaries, uh, nutritional imbalances usually related to pharmaceutical drugs of some kind or another. So I hope that helps because that's where the solutions lie. Okay. I know I could spend Yeah, that actually, that actually makes sense because I've actually been moving in that direction with the barking. Okay. Where awesome. I restrict his freedom but uh, not his right. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I guess I, I naturally intuited that. Good. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure, Grace. All right, I'm going to go over. There's another person, a few other people actually waiting with their hands up, but let me go over to the webcast because I know there's a lot more questions there. Um, Okay, so Amira. Amira, I think you're actually the next I'm going to answer on the phone because I think your your hand is raised. So I'm going to come back to you. Um. Okay, because uh, you have two questions. Let me come back to you, Amira, because you're on both 
the webcast. I'm looking at your question, and you're all, it looks like you're also um, on the voice. So let me go back to that because I rather – I like it. The webcast is a little harder. I have to read it. So is that you, Amir? Yeah, that is you. You're you're you. You're not on mute. You're you're off mute. Oh, Can I ask your question. Hi. Um, Hi. Well, I don't I don't know if you read uh, what I wrote. It was kind of uh, long. Um, yeah, my my shepherdoodle Jace is um, completely uh, out of control. Um, when uh, my golden do- when uh, my his other companion Wilma died of cancer, he became he's sort of changed his personality. Has become more. Um, agitated and anxious and um then he had he almost died of bloat a year ago and had a long recovery um so he's had and then he had a seizure from frontline two months ago so he's off of that forever um but he's you know he on walks it's impossible i mean right now he's pulling me every which way lunging at everything and i'm you know the other thing was i had another dog um who was hit by a car and died in front of my home and i i do believe that uh jace is uh his is him coming back for in a number of reasons but which i won't go into right now but at any rate um he tries to chase cars and and if you don't have the leash tight uh, he can actually go right out on the street and actually get, almost get hit um but he's like just he gets into such a mode that he doesn't he can't even hear if i talk to him he's like he's a crazed look you know on his face and he's just completely out of control uh, and he's the sweetest guy. He wants to play with every animal around, but um, he's just completely out of control. I mean, he he actually very seriously injured my finger a few weeks ago when it got caught in the leash, and um, that's a, a very big thing I'm dealing with right now because I'm a musician. Um, so I just at this point I'm at my wit's end. Um, I really mm. I, I take him for two 45 minute walks a day, um, but at this point I really I'm not quite sure how to how to reach him. I mean I do Reiki on him. I, I was just doing some Reiki on him now, and he loves it. But I I guess I can't get into those theta ways because I, I can't find a way to reach him. Well, this is more than this is really way more than just animal communication that you're that you're needing. You need proper behavioral adjustment because I mean you've got, this is why I say a holistic approach is really needed. And I, I, first of all, I want to say I'm so sorry, Amira, because I can hear your distress at this, and I'm so sorry that the, you know, that you've had so many challenges with one dog, you know, crossing over and another dog got hit by a car and you know, the cancer in the car, and that's a lot of pain, you know. I'm, I'm really sorry that you're going through that, um, and I empathize with you enormously. Um, so, but when you're talking about this particular guy who's pulling on the leash and you know, you're having some real challenges with him, you're right. It's not something that you can fix in five minutes. Otherwise, you would have already done it. You need, yeah. you definitely need to address this holistically. And it's not just going to be animal communication. I've had so many people come to me who have tried animal communication and their animal communicators couldn't fix the problem. And I mean, I'm an animal communicator, but if I didn't have the behavioral aspects to lean on, I wouldn't have been able to fix the problems either some of the time. So, um, what I, what I can say to you is, you know, again, this is like, you, it's, it's go back to every one of the other questions that came up. And that is, 
This is not something that can be fixed with a Band-Aid approach by spraying something in the face or throwing a beanbag or screaming something like ba or now or stop or clicking something and redirecting because what's what's gone on here is there's a lot of stress and anxiety and there's some stuff energetically going on related to, you know, these other dogs and, you know, your stress and worry and anxiety is linked into that. And then, of course, your dog's responding to that. And what he really needs is to know what am I supposed to do that's appropriate. And and at the same time, he needs to fulfill his mission, which has a lot to do with really um, supporting you in your healing process and recovery process. So all of this is really interlinked. And, and the way to correct it is to take it back to the basics. And that's why I say this foundational approach, which we cover in the spiritual dog training program, is so important. Because you have to understand, how do you emulate what he's really expected to do in his language, which is the language of wolf, wolf pack society, in your home, which is a domestic environment? And the way to do that, emulating, is by emulating those those basic behavioral patterns. Right now, I'm eating. Right now, I'm sleeping. I'm not doing anything else. Right now, I'm exercising. I know what I'm supposed to do. I can relax. Right now, I'm having an adventure. Oh, I can be wild and play in this time because it's safe for me to do that. So, from a big picture, that's your, that's really what you're needing to do. And that's not, a, I do have part of this program. It's called training in a two hour session. Because within the two hours, you can address that. Two and a half hours with one call, you can address that. You can take care of it. But it's not a five minute answer that I can give you. Right. Right. You know, but it's in this class. And it's part of how you emulate that in your reality. And you remove his opportunity to make all those mistakes so that he can really be reconditioned to do it right or well in a way that is compatible in your life, your living, your lifestyle, and your family. That removes the stress factor and allows you both to breathe easy so that now new behaviors can be developed and created from that and reconditioning can be done. So that's a huge part of what what really needs to be addressed. That aside, let me say this. The one thing I go through in this dog training program, spiritual dog training program, over and over again, safety first, safety first. So if you have situations where your dog could run into the street and be hit, the first thing to do, go online and get yourself a foldable gate, a foldable metal gate that looks like, if it was folded up, it would look like a doggy playpen. Everybody needs one of those. And put that gate, I have one on my porch, so my door can be opened, but the outside of the porch has that gate blocking the doorway off of the porch. That foldable gate, you can get them online for less than a 100 bucks usually, I mean, I don't, I haven't bought one in a long time, but I'm, I'm sure it's a hundred or less. You block every doorway off that would allow an escape artist to get out. And I know that is just kind of a band-aid approach, but it's a safety approach, and safety is always first. And those right. foldable gates should be used every household who's ever having a behavioral challenge, especially if you have more than one dog, you need one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, I hope that's helpful. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. 
All right, so I'm going to start to wrap up here because we're a few minutes over. I want to say thank you to all of you guys, and please do go and check out Ethel's Guide at Dog Training, E-S-I-L-S-G-O-D-D-O-G-T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G, and check out the Spiritual Dog Training Master's class. And really take – I didn't even take enough time really to tell you everything that's in there. It's a fabulous class. It's the culmination of my life's work with respect to dogs and to really behavioral adjustments and holistic spiritual training for all animals. Um, and it's a fabulous program. I just think it's fabulous. When I put it together, I did it with divine intention that it was completely as whole as I could possibly make it. And um, I really stand by it. I think it's a fabulous program. I 100% 100% stand by the effectiveness of it for both professionals involved in the animal services community and also for people who just want to have great partnerships with their animal companions. So take a look at it, and if you're really wanting to, to make that change, I can assure you it's, not, it's going to serve you throughout your entire life, not just the animals you live with, work with, and love, with, love now, but those who will come through your life for the entire duration of your life because this is lifelong learning. It's based on wolf pack societies and feline societies. So with that, I want to say thank you to all of you guys for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in and for participating and for allowing me to share my gifts with you and be of service to animals on a global scale. All right, signing off now. Lots of love, you guys. Bye-bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.